Welcome to the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C., joined this week by both my co-hosts, Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, here to catch up on the world of pro wrestling over the last couple weeks. I'll start by telling you about my experience from AEW uh, this past, or a couple, not this last Wednesday, but the week before at Dynamite and Rampage taping in Buffalo. Uh, it was a fun time. I was sitting, of course, I get there and I have seats three, four, five, six in the front row, and I only have seats three and four, and they tell me that the seats that I bought the five and six were supposed to be uh just the handicap disability seats which wasn't listed anywhere on the website so then i felt like a jerk for buying disability seats uh but they ended up bringing me seats so that was good uh, so tony khan uh getting booed while on tv and while also coming out in between dynamite and rampage and i've been to this is my fourth AEW show I've been to and he always comes out and addresses the crowd at some point um, you know during the show and he came out in between Dynamite and Rampage and he looked like he had not slept in about like since Sunday since that pay-per-view and he was just kind of like we're gonna have the best Rampage ever let's do it and I'm just like whoa like calm down buddy but he looked he did not look like like I said he had slept in a while uh, like I said, they're fun, but the problem is once you get to Rampage, it's like, like, all right, we got another hour to go. And like, there were some decent massive matches on Rampage with Cesaro and Dax Hardwood main eventing and Sammy and Darby Allen fighting each other. And, but it's just like, you get there like, and it's like, oh my God, okay, we got to sit through this. I'm like, I'm going to stay here. I paid for it. I'll be fine. But it's like, you're not really as into it as you should be. And that sucks for the guys that have to wrestle that late. And even Cesaro said, because we didn't get out of there, I think till 1130. And even Cesaro was like, I know you guys have been here. Claudio, I'm sorry, I keep calling him Cesaro. He's like, I know you guys have been here long. I appreciate everybody for being here. I was, I was walking out at that point. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I'm exhausted. Uh, but like I said, I always recommend attending them. Um, as I said, it's long. Be ready to be in for a long night. Uh, so speaking of AEW, that leads us into probably the main topic here, which was the AEW World Title Tournament that they announced this past week, or that Wednesday I was there on uh, Dynamite with Tony Khan announcing that CM Punk was stripped of the title, not really given too much of a reason. Uh, but we had our tournament, we had Jericho, and we had John Moxley get buys, we had uh, Adam Page lose to Brian Danielson in the opening match, and then we had Sammy Guevara beat Darby Allen, which was surprising. And then we had Moxley beat uh, Sammy Guevara, and we had... Brian Danielson beat Chris Jericho this past uh, Wednesday on Dynamite. So now we have Danielson Moxley at Grand Slam for the AEW world title. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Chairman, first. Just your thoughts on the tournament, and who do you think's walking out as champ? I like the tournament, honestly. It was a lot better than the last time when we had the interim champion of John Moxley versus a battle royal of the um, Dark Elevation Squad, basically. Oh, shit. The former AEW World Champion. Hangman Page is the former champion. Obviously, Sammy and Darby are both former TNT champions. And, you know, it's just... It's a good tournament, you know? And, you know, it's like... The matches... I see most of the matches. I didn't watch Rampage. I don't watch Rampage. But, I mean, you know, I see it on Dynamite. was pretty good, you know? I saw the uh, Moxley and Sammy Guevara match, and I was like, okay, you know, Sammy's a conniving douchebag, and Ty Conti and annoying-ass Anna Jay. And I was like, is Renee Young going to come out of the crowd and whoop those girls' asses? I did see her tweet, though, so that was pretty cool. I actually acknowledged what went down. And, of course, Moxley won. So my question was, 
were they cheering for Moxley or were they cheering for the fact that Sammy lost? I mean, Sammy's a uh, fan base. I feel like has turned against him quite a bit lately, but uh, obviously, you know, this coming, you know, Wednesday, we have Danielson, Moxley, you know, Blackpool combat club guys. And I heard something that Moxley was kind of pissed that he had to sacrifice his vacation because of, you know, the shenanigans after all out. So I almost would like to say right here that Brian Danielson will beat Moxley and become the AEW world champion. I think Brian Danielson deserves it. I think he's a hard worker, well-recognized name, brings some prestige to the title. Hopefully he doesn't have to vacate it or some interim shit, but that's my pick to win. Um, maybe MJF does some shenanigans and uses his contract for whenever. I mean, it's kind of like money in the bank, but not. So maybe he comes out after their match and says, I want to fight you, Brian Danielson. And then, he becomes a champion. I can see that scenario happening. They're in New York. He's from close by. So definitely something intrigued to watch Grand Slam on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's almost you look back at it and it's like maybe they should have just gone with Brian Danielson to begin with instead of CM Punk in this kind of like beginning part here. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I just look at it and like you said, there's the reports that Moxley, you know, is supposed to be on a vacation at this point. So they had to cancel it. Um, I think Brian Danielson's a guy, the well-respected one. You know, Moxley had his run. Uh, would he like to have it? Would I like to see him have another full run? Yes, but let the guy that was been carrying your company over the last, like, you know, what, five, six months here, let him have his deserved vacation, go through that, let Brian Danielson be the guy now to kind of take the torch in AEW and carry the company on and kind of just go out and have good wrestling matches with everybody out there. Uh, what about you, Cam? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I even if Moxley wasn't going on a vacation, I feel like it's Danielson's, quote, turn to be AEW World Champion. I mean, that opens the door to doing all kinds of matches. I think him and Moxley are going to tear the house down. Then Moxley gets to go on his vacation and hang out with his family. That's totally fine. He well deserves it. Um, I mean, I thought the tournament was pretty good as well. I mean, there could have been a few different guys. Again, I'm nitpicking a little bit with certain people not getting used in AEW, but uh, we'll see how things go once we get to grand slam next week and you know after that and kind of fizzle out from everything that happened at all out but yeah i think daniel brian danielson is well deserved to be AEW world champion and then he can go on and have fantastic matches and kind of hopefully elevate some mid-card guys who are doing nothing yeah i mean you got the guys you can think of off the top of your head you got your daniel garcia's uh, i mean i know he's part of blackpool combat club but you got wheeler yuda that's a guy right there um there's the history with danielson and adam page and obviously danielson beat page in the semifinal match or the quarterfinal match whatever one it was um there's lots of guys that danielson you know and it's a fresh face at the top i mean danielson's kind of been a guy who's been around like he first he had his match with kenny omega he had his match with hangman page but since then he's just kind of been around like upper mid cardage kind of stuff but having him at the top as the world champion is something that can you know brings fresh matchups to your world title program which is always a positive thing and it's a new person on top which is like it was something that aew probably could use right now and we also have the uh rematch between uh swerve in our glory and the acclaimed for the aw tag titles you had swerve in our glory beat penta and phoenix this past wednesday on dynamite in a tag title match which i did not really care for because they're penta phoenix and Pac are your new trios champions you know yeah they were crowned because of what happened backstage at all out but having your trios champions lose in a match right the week after they won the titles i don't think is the best 
look for them. I mean, I've complained about the booking of Penta and Phoenix on the show forever, but I, I mean, it, I think it's pretty much written that it's going to be the acclaims time at this point. I would say it's pretty much written in stone. Uh, but my question would be, I'll again I'll go to you, Chairman, first here, is that do you think because of the reaction that they'll probably get in New York City that this tag title match should main event the show and maybe Danielson and Moxley should open the show? Um, I don't think so, especially this goes back to what I was saying before about the potential MJF shenanigans playing a role. Like, if that's going to happen, that's definitely going to close the show. That's definitely going to be the cliffhanger people are going to talk about. Um, obviously, I think if you're going to go for an acclaimed win, you probably want to start that as well on this show because that will get the crowd hot. People will be super happy. There's a lot of fans of those guys for you too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think if you're going to start the show, start the acclaimed win the titles if they go that route. What about you, Cam? What do you think as far as the match placement for Dynamite? Or for Dynamite, yeah, this Dynamite this coming Wednesday. Uh, I mean, world title should always close the show, right? Um, regardless of no shenanigans or not. I mean, you start the show with the tag title change. Everyone's excited. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, and then you move on with the rest of the show, and then you either have MJF cash in or come down and do whatever he wants to do and get involved, or you have you know Brian Danielson beat Moxley clean, and Moxley gets to go hang out for a month or so. Yeah, I mean, for me with the acclaimed, I don't know how you feel about them, uh, Cam, but they're just kind of like the new age outlaws with a phrase, but better, slightly better wrestlers. Like, I don't see it with them in the ring like everybody else else. So, like, I mean, to me, like I said, and hey, all the credit to them for getting over with that, you know, the scissor me daddy ass and their whole rap thing. But I just see them as like the new age outlaws of this generation where it's like they're okay, but if they didn't have a cool catchphrase that everybody loved except us, they wouldn't be as over. Is that how you feel, Cam? I mean, yeah, they're I mean they're not obviously not the total package. I just I don't really like the scissor me daddy thing, it's just kind of weird or whatever, but that's neither here nor there. But I mean, if you get a catchphrase or a quote or, you know, Ty Dillinger, the number 10, you know, got him over in the WWE until, you know, he got released. Um, and now he's does nothing in AEW pretty much. Um, that, that can help you get over, but it's all about longevity. You know, Stone Cold got over with Austin Austin and the what stuff, but at the same time he was able to wrestle and tell compelling stories. I mean, I'll give him a chance. Like, you know, it took a while for MJF to warm up to me to warm up to MJF, but, you know, he, I think he's found himself. He claimed, I mean, that I think they have a chance down the line. They're still relatively young guys, but yeah, they're more or less annoying. And I think they're supposed to be like shock value with their raps. And it's like watered down Johnson and stuff. Yeah. And we've brought up MJF here uh, a few times so far. I think it's kind of getting to the way. First of all, I should say, by the way, that uh, I came very close to catching that Josh Allen jersey that MJF threw. It kind of landed like three people to the right of me, right in front onto the floor. Uh, the security person took it anyway. I heard the one guy ask for it, and he took it back. So I don't even know if I would have caught it, if I would have been able to keep it. But I was like, damn, I, I kind of want a new Bills jersey, and I could have just had MJF's Josh Allen one. Uh, but it's kind of getting to the point, I think, where I think they might almost have to keep like find a way to make MJF a babyface in a lot of these programs, but keep his same like persona and his attributes because the crowd wants to cheer MJF, and it's like you're getting there where it's like I think you can't stop it. Um, 
you know, keep MJ, MJF can keep doing his thing and just stop insulting the fans, and then I think he'll be fine. I think if you cut out the insulting the town, the fans, etc., portion of his act and keep it as is, a crowd's still going to cheer for it. It's quite obvious. I think the crowd wants to cheer for him. So it's just a matter of does AEW want to go ahead and actually play along and let the crowd cheer MJF. I'll be curious to see if maybe he goes right to whoever wins this world title match between Danielson and Moxley. If he's the first person, if that's their first few, that what ends up happening, does the crowd cheer MJF over Danielson or Moxley or no? Uh, but what do you think, uh, Chairman? Do you think it's finally, do you think they need to keep MJF, try to get him face, or just kind of let him keep doing what he's doing and let him be a heel? That's a tricky one because his character is all about just making shit out of towns and fans and other wrestlers and bringing up the WWE probably more than he should. But uh, obviously he gets a reaction. So that's why he's going to keep doing it. It's all his, you know, game is getting reactions. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if he really ever turned full blown baby face. I just don't think he, it would work. It's because he's such an asshole, but I mean, he could be kind of like a anti-hero kind of stone cold, kind of like, you know, he was, not, you know, the clean-cut baby face, but he's cheered by everybody. And then, of course, he does villainous things, you know, makes fun of people, too. So you can kind of teeter on that area, per se, but that's, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that guy's a heel for life at this point. Yeah, that's why I said it's really one of those weird things where it's like, he's just such a natural heel that you think he should be that, but... You know, the crowd wants to cheer what they wanted to cheer. So what do you think, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I could see the babyface turn. He would, he could still be himself and be that tweener character that we've seen so many times in wrestling where he's like the badass, but everyone wants to cheer him anyways. Because we went from booze to cheers, and he's super over. I mean, you don't have to do it right now, but I mean, further down the line, a year, two years from now, I could see an ultimate babyface change. I mean, we never really thought about it with Roman Reigns, him turning heel and having a good run. So it's possible, especially if the the character is strong and the development is strong, that I eventually got to at least think about at some point in my career, got to go face one time. Uh, but maybe he'll be John Cena. He'll just never turn, you know, or he'll do his little heel turn that on AW one night 10 years from now. And also, by the way, MJF and his, I don't, whatever this group, what is it, was it a group called The Firm or whatever it was with Stokely Hathaway? I, like, that, I talk about, I want to, like, you want to steal a line from The Office from D'Angelo when he talks about Pam and Jim's baby, when she's that baby, he the headline of babies I don't care about. It's kind of what I feel like this, uh, that group could be the headline of stables I do not care about. Like, really, like, Big Cass, William Morrissey, whatever he's called, like, the Gun Club, uh, Ethan Page. I'm just like, really? Like, I'm supposed to trying to kind of care for these guys? Like, sorry, but I don't care one iota about anybody in this group. I'm kind of assuming both you guys are the same. I care slightly. Slightly? More, more so for Ethan Page. I think there's some potential to be tapped there, but the rest of them are kind of just whatevers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got like, you know, Big Cass, the love child of Test and Kevin Nash out there, and it's like, ugh, you know, uh, whatever. What do you think, Cam? I mean, if it was just 
I think his promo went way too long. And now, you know, there's reports of him trying to get himself super over, which, I mean, he's a good promo cutter. He's good with vignettes and, and little shorts that they do used to do with WWE and his time on the Indies. Um, I think if it was just Paige, Morrissey, and Stoke, I'd be into it. But there's, like, 20 guys in this group, and it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, you don't – I don't know. I'd, if it was three guys, I'd be totally – I would be 100% on board. Yeah, but, of course, in AEW, everybody's got to be in some kind of group or stable somehow. So they probably just like, oh, oh, Lee Moriarty, you're not in a stable? Shit, let's get you in one right now. Um, last thing AEW-related as we head into Grand Slam, we've got the – Women's uh, four-way match for the AEW interim women's title. Tony Storm defending against Athena, Dr. Britt Baker, and Serena D. I'm kind of assuming, and probably you guys guessed, probably you guys guessed too. I'll go to you first, Cam. That it's going to be Tony Storm retaining the title here. So I think we got Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter's story playing out, and that's where she's going to go uh, as far as the women's division goes. Oh, what do you think, Cam? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I think Tony Storm retains. I mean, I think you got to really elevate her. I mean, we've talked about it plenty of times about Tony Khan's not the best with booking women's division. I feel like if he lets the character develop, Tony Storm's obviously a good wrestler. Put her in there with multiple people, let her build her up, and then eventually have that, that collision between Britt Baker and Tony Storm really matter. Yeah, what do you think, Chairman? It's just random of, like, we take Jamie Hayter out of this picture pretty much. Like, I felt like she should have been in this title match again. But at the same time, it's like, probably don't want to take it now because Tony Storm's probably going to win. And then I'm sure she's going to screw Britt Baker over some way, somehow. I don't know. But, like, they just pull the old Serena Deeb out of the hat, throw her in here. And then Athena, they're like, well, you can't beat Jay Cargill, but you're going to get a world championship match. Like, make the booking makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, with Jamie Hayter, it's like where, like, like I, she was the closest to winning that match outside of Tony Storm. Why does she not also get in thrown into this match? I agree. And like you said, same thing with Athena. It's like you, hey, you can't beat Jade Cargill, so we'll just put you in this one anyway. Um, yeah, why isn't Jade Cargill in this match? Let her become double champion at Grand Slam at your biggest dynamite of the year. It's like, come on, really. Um, but yeah, I mean like the women's division, of course, the people will point out that the women's division was the lowest rated segment again on dynamite. Well, that's because you haven't gotten the people that care about the women's division on dynamite because lots of times the women on WWE are the highest rated segment. So it's clear that fans do care about AE or care about women's wrestling, but it's just a matter of, the, of getting them to actually care by building up stars. Uh, there was nothing really new on the whole backstage stuff. There was talk that something might have come out today, but I mean, it's already close to nine o'clock Eastern time here and we haven't heard anything at all. I know that some of the people that were watching the fight or tried to break it up were back at dynamite this past week. So it's just kind of down to the people actually involved in the fight with that being the bucks, Kenny Omega, CM Punk and a steel, I think are the only ones that are still suspended, but nothing really new on that front as far as AEW goes. So let's go over now to WWE stuff. And of course, the first thing we'll talk about is the news that came out today that Logan Paul is having, inviting it happened on SmackDown. He invited Roman Reigns to a press conference in Las Vegas to likely set up the main event match for crown jewel, which will end up being Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul for the undisputed WWE universal championship. And I mean, like, 
Logan Paul obviously impressed at his two showings at WrestleMania, his WrestleMania showing and his SummerSlam showing with The Miz. So I think it'll probably surprisingly end up being a decent match. But again, it's crown jewel. Nobody really cares. And it's kind of like its own canon where it doesn't even sometimes really happen in the actual WWE universe. Uh, so that's going to be your main event for that show. And, uh, I'll ask you cam here first, your thoughts, feelings on it when you heard about it. Um, I will first, before we get into the match, I'm kind of curious to see if I don't know how many years the deal is with WWE to go over there, but I'm curious to see if, if triple H keeps that relationship going past whatever contract. I saw, uh, I saw somebody say today that it goes through 2028. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, Triple H gets kind of stuck. Yeah. Adder will have to, like, sacrifice half the roster to to get the plane on this time. Um, I mean, I get it from WWE's perspective. Like, again, the match that, a match that I wouldn't say headlines WrestleMania, but you could have easily used that to headline a, B, a B pay-per-view coming up, you know? I get it. Roman's working limited dates, and obviously he probably had to work um, the Saudi show. And, I mean, it is what it is for the show. But, I mean, I think it's a missed opportunity that you could have done this match at Hell in the Cell or something that's coming up here in the next few months, Survivor Series possibly. I assume Triple H is not going to stick to the champion versus champion thing because Roman Reigns would then have to fight himself. And that's not that's not a PG-rated television. Um, I mean, it is what it is. This is Logan Paul. I mean, if they were going to build him up to be anything, I mean, they're, they're serving him up on a platter to Roman. Um, I mean... How much offense do we really give Logan Paul? I mean, yeah, he had a match with The Miz, but The Miz isn't Roman Reigns. Um, so to keep it some sort of kayfabe, I mean, maybe Logan Paul gets, like, one jump move off the top rope and a few punches here and there, but Roman, like, kind of dominates the match, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I agree with you. Like you said, it's, like, one thing to have a an offensive outpouring against The Miz, but it's another thing given, like, you know, how even guys that are well-established, I mean, like Drew McIntyre getting a long match out of Roman Reigns is one thing. It's fine. But Logan Paul, who's had two professional matches, like, whatever. Like you said, it's like, it could headline a B pay-per-view. It's one of those things where, you know, for a Saudi show where it happens in its own canon sometimes, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's just like, it's tough for me getting people to care. I mean, and like we said, Roman's competitors, they've kind of gone through almost everybody outside of like Cody or a rematch with Seth or KO, one of those things. Uh, so, you know, it's fine. And for me, I don't care about it on a Saudi show where it's not like it's happening at a Survivor Series or Royal Rumble kind of thing. So I guess I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Um, I mean... Logan Paul is what he is. He's an entertainer. Um, I sure he has some great matches when he's got the chance. Do I think he deserves a world championship match? Probably not. There's a lot of guys that are full time that are more deserving. But at the same time, considering the circumstances where the show is at, it's pretty much an expedition match on a garbage show that I don't watch because it's trash. Plus, the honorary Ooh Sami Zayn will definitely not be there. So that's another knock on that show itself. And that means KO won't be there either. So, yeah, that, that show's just going to be shit like it always is. Um, far as, yeah, I mean, Roman wants to enhance his title reign against the Pikachu Master, whatever, do it. It's like you said, as long as it's not on, like, a major, like, Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or something, 
whatever. Go have your little expedition match and your 80-man battle royal and push maximum male models because Man Stewart's a god over there and uh, whatever it is what it is. 2028 can't come fast enough. Oh, man, I wonder how that Maximum Male Models gimmick for Mansoor would be taken over there. Uh, well, I guess we might end up finding out uh, if it happens at this Crown Jewel show. Um, we also had on Raw this past Monday, we had uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai winning the women's tag titles from Raquel uh, Rodriguez, excuse me, um, and uh, Aaliyah. So, you know, kind of what everybody thought was going to be the story or the first tag team champions in this new era, uh, didn't, which didn't end up happening, ends up happening here on uh, Raw this past Monday. I guess, you know, if you wanted to establish Raquel and Aaliyah, it's one thing, but I don't exactly know what you're going to do with them now that they're not tag champions anymore. I mean, I can see them trying to build up Raquel, but I mean, Aaliyah is just kind of like, I don't see any kind of potential in her whatsoever anywhere down the line. So it seems like they're probably building to Bailey and Bianca at some point here with, you know, their new group of damage control is what they're end up being called. Uh, probably trying to take over the women's division. They're actually on SmackDown right now too. So that's something we can look for here. Uh, but I think if they really want to establish these women tag titles, they need to have uh, Dakota and EO have an actual long reign with them and just not have them, you know, play hot potato with the titles going forward. Just let them actually keep the tag titles, try to keep them important as far as the tag titles go and just not have them become afterthoughts like we saw uh, with Vince McMahon and his booking going down here. But uh, I'm assuming, Chairman, you were cool with this tag title win because I think you always wanted it to have it happen right away. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Dakota and EO are great workers, big fans of them since NXT. And the second I seen their pairing on you know, Raw SmackDown, I'm like, okay, these two should win the tournament here because obviously Bailey's the leader of damage control. Bailey will be the singles champion whenever that time comes. So obviously EO and Dakota need some gold. You know, you look at Tyson Attraction and NXT. They were tag team champions, you know, Gigi and uh, JC Jane. And of course, Manny Rose has been the dominant singles champion. It's basically the same formula. It works. Obviously, when the Toxic Attraction make it to Raw SmackDown, they're going to be over. They're going to be popular. People are going to get behind that. And I think with Damage Control, you got the same thing. You know, lots of fans of Dakota and EO. People were pissed when Dakota was released. People were furious when EO was toxic going back to Japan. But obviously, they're still here. Uh, Bailey's obviously been a strong player in the game since she's returned. I think her promo skills are fantastic. I think her and Bianca can have an amazing, amazing story to tell. Um, and there's just a lot of good stuff. But I just wonder how this tag division is going to go. I think Raquel is better off as a single person. Aaliyah's holding her back. I mean, the tag team run they had was whatever. Um, but, you know, I think they need some strong tag teams because, obviously, that term was a lot of authority in their tag teams. I mean, Alexa and Asuka, again, I think they're probably better single stars. But at the same time, there's only so many things you can do right now. So tag team might be the route they have to go. Of course, everyone thinks that Sasha and Naomi are going to make this big return, but I don't know when or where that's going to happen. If it's going to happen, they're too busy doing yoga poses right now. So pump the brakes on that one, boys and girls. Yeah, I think I saw pictures of them. Like, was it New York Fashion Week this week, maybe? I don't know if that's what's going on, but I saw them like walking down a runway in some kind of like a like a modeling thing, so I have no idea what it was. But, yeah, they're out doing that now. Uh, but what do you think, Cam, as far as with the EO and uh, Dakota winning on Monday? 
Um, I mean, I think it should have been the decision all along. I think everyone knows that in the WWE, Triple H maybe just had a little misstep. But I agree. I feel like if you put a few teams together, let them have a dominant run, and say like the Rumble, you know, they beat Asuka and Alexa Bliss or whoever at the Royal Rumble, then you can have Naomi and Sasha Banks come back, and you have yourself a built-in top feud for the women's tag team division. People care about it. They can feud for a while. And you can make the people actually care and give like the third title to the women's division because it's a little crowded. And also this coming Monday, we have United States Championship Lashley, Seth Rollins. Uh, I'll ask you, Cam, here again while we got you here real quick. Do you possibly see a title change here with Seth Rollins winning the U.S. title? I mean, I kind of want to see it just because... I don't want to say he needs it, but I feel like he's deserved it. But Bobby Lashley's had a hell of a run. Um, I can see like them stretching this out for a little bit. And if, I mean, there's reports that they're going to keep the, both the titles on the rock or the rock, the Roman reigns for extended period of time heading into WrestleMania. So who knows, but you could easily elevate Bobby Lashley to the world title scene and have Seth Rollins be the mid card champion and have him wrestle theory. And Kevin's Yeah, I mean, I can honestly see it happening. I mean, Lashley's been really good since Triple H has taken over as U.S. champion, and he's letting him go out there and have, like, you know, good matches. And it's one of those things where I think I'd be fine with a title change if Seth were to end up winning it. And if you have Gunther kind of being, like, the the long-term Intercontinental champion over on SmackDown, and they, you know, have, not that I might want the U.S. title to become a hot potato or anything, but, you know, let Seth win the title there. And it's kind of, it's again, it's a new, fresh face there. You know, they still have the few going on with Matt Riddle. We can call him Matt now. They Seth said his name on Raw this past Monday, so Matt Riddle is back. Uh, you can add that to the program as well. And, you know, I could even, I think Seth is either going to win or Riddle's going to cost him the match somehow. And that's how Riddle gets his match again with Seth Rollins that he wants to have extreme rules and probably some kind of stipulation match. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? It's not a premium live event match, so Seth's chances are very high to win. But he did also win at the last uh, one. So I'm going to go with the Riddle interference. I think Riddle's going to screw Seth over which kind of sucks because I think Seth Rollins as a U.S. champion would be really, really good. I think, you know, his work's been fantastic. It's kind of overshadowed with the losses, you know, from big matches this year. But at the same time, Lashley loses the title. What do we do with Lashley? He gets kind of lost in the shuffle. Whereas Seth can obviously keep himself relevant because he just has that charisma going on with his drip character. So... Obviously, he wants he wants Roman Reigns. I mean, he wants to be the Universal WWE Champion. That's what he says. He's settling because that's all he can get right now is a shot at Lashley. But I think Riddle's going to screw him over. And, of course, they're going to have their match at Extreme Rules. And then, of course, Riddle will win. Then they'll have to do their, you know, tiebreaker at the next show. So probably a crown jewel. Oh, gross. I'm going to have to miss that one. Uh, yeah, I mean the real Rollins feud has been good. I think sometimes like the they can kind of, they can probably stop with the brawling all over the place all the time. It happens almost every show it seems like. So maybe take one show off from that as far as them brawling back and forth. Uh, I just also want to point out from Raw this past Monday. I thought that Kevin Owens promo that he gave to Austin Theory about you know taking things seriously and how he'll never become a superstar if he doesn't. Uh, that was great, and I think 
if there's anybody that's benefited like the most from Triple H taking over as far as the male side goes, uh, things uh, as far as creative, I think Kevin Owens is the guy that's been kind of elevated the most here. I mean, he had that great promo with Drew and then had a good match with them. And like I said, he had another good promo against Austin Theory this past uh, Monday on Raw. And I think... I think they're going to be big things. I still think down the line it's going to be him and Sami Zayn beating the Usos for the uh, tag titles. But I think Kevin Owens might be the guy, as far as the male side of things goes, that has been elevated the most since Triple H has uh, taken things over here. Uh, what do you think, Cam? Oh, Cam had to leave, unfortunately. Uh, sorry. So what do you think, Chairman, as far as on the male side? Do you think it's Kevin Owens that's benefited the most? I think he definitely would be in the conversation for that. I mean, you can definitely tell, like, with Kevin Owens that there's a new energy with him. Like, he's just super excited. Um, you know, his Twitter's more, you know, vibrant these days. And just his promos have been magnificent. You know, he has some really great matches. Like, this guy is freaking amazing talented, beloved by a lot of wrestling fans. Like, this guy should not be going five-plus years wherever it is without a championship. Like, it's just ridiculous. And I do agree, you know. And I think a lot of fans want to see this with KO and Sami Zayn once he kind of realizes that the Andre Ouse thing ain't going so well for him that they beat Jimmy and Jay and become the tag team champions. People will go freaking crazy. We might have to wait till WrestleMania for that moment, but that's a moment worth waiting for, and I'll be all for it because I would love to see KO and Sami Zayn get a huge win on a huge stage. Yeah, it can be payback for Kevin Owens for not having the Universal title match. What was it, WrestleMania 33 when he had to drop the title to uh, Goldberg? That'll be finally uh, Kevin Owens getting a big win on a big stage. And like you said, I can't believe it's been so long since he's held any kind of title like that in WWE. He really needs, like I said, he's the guy, I think, on the male side that's benefited the most. Uh, I can't really tell yet who's benefited the most from the female side. I mean... Um, I don't, I guess like maybe your aunt, the answer there would probably be, I mean, obviously damage control is the obvious answer, Shana uh, but it, yeah, I was Shana about to say, I was being my other answer. Yeah. Shayna Baszler, given that she had a, a match with Liv Morgan on a pay-per-view and now it seems like maybe there might be some kind of secondary program with her and Ronda Rousey after Liv and Ronda have the rematch at Extreme Rules. So is that what you're thinking too, uh, Chairman? Yeah, for sure. I mean, she got put in a prominent spot, you know, with uh, with Morgan. She showed, you know, her badass NXT kind of vibes there. And, of course, there might be some interactions with Ronnie, whether they be an alliance or, you know, whatever. So, you know, they, they go after uh, the tag championship at some point. You know, that'd be a pretty big story. You know, Ronnie and Shayna against uh, Damage Control. I mean, depending they want to play the face role. I don't know. It'd be weird. It'd be weird seeing Shayna as a face. Yeah, exactly. Like even I mean, like I say, I mean they'll probably end up trying to turn on Ronnie face, and if they have Shayna end up costing her, her the match, that'll probably be the story they'll try to do. Um, so one more thing I want to talk about, and I saw this on social media the other day when uh, NXT was over, and I was scrolling through Twitter. It seems like NXT is going through another kind of rebranding, where we're going from the blo- the whole on like art palette of NXT 2.0 to they aired a promo at the end of the one year anniversary show. This this past Tuesday, and at the end it says, I forgot what Shawn Michaels was narrating, but it basically said we're constantly evolving, and it switched it from the NXT 2.0 logo to a mix of the NXT 2.0 logo with the same NXT lettering, but without the 2.0 and the old black and gold back on the uh, on the logo. So it seems like uh, Papa H is trying to 
bring his baby back that he originally had that was taken away from him by uh, Vince and Kevin Dunn and whoever Bruce Pritchard in, in charge. But it seems like they're trying to give that a little bit more of a uh, like new school plus old school kind of mix. I mean, obviously the guys that ran NXT 2.0 aren't there anymore when it was that great, but if Triple H is getting rid of the colors and the fake crowds that are up top, like on the video board, I'm totally fine with that. But we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with this new version of NXT. I know, Chairman, you really haven't watched NXT 2.0 at all. Uh, does this give you any slight bit of hope at all? A little bit. I mean, there are some wrestlers down there that I kind of keep tabs on. And I, you know, but I, I don't watch the product at all by any means because the freaking Splatoon freaking colors, Nick Jr. Gack, whatever the hell you want to call it, just the whole presentation. And then when I found out dumbass Bruce is a freaking involved with creative, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. It, it was, that wasn't the same NXT that I loved, you know. But now that I, they're scrapping that whole stupid 2.0 thing and going back to the way it used to be, all they need to do now is make a phone call to Poppy and get some badass music and we're back. Yeah, I mean, we got Solo Sequoia defending the North American title tonight on SmackDown. I think the match that I have it on right now, the match is happening next. Unfortunately, he's fighting Madcap Moss. But, I mean, that again, elevation of the NXT North American title. I'm kind of surprised he beat Carmella Hayes. I thought, you know, talking about guys that are good down there, I thought Carmella Hayes is like the guy down there. Maybe that means he's eventually going to get elevated to Braun Breaker and fight for the NXT championship because uh, I think so, he's that good. That's an interesting point you brought about Solo Sokoa winning that North American Championship because when we all saw him get a feel as a bloodline, we're all convinced you know he'd be Intercontinental Champion or U.S. Champion. So that just shows how well Triple H believes in Gunther to be the Intercontinental Champion and keeping all that bloodline boys away from that. So that is awesome for Gunther. Great opportunity for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, just keep that title. Let him be Let him be Roman Reigns-esque when it comes to holding that Intercontinental title as far as I'm concerned. And like you said, yeah, it elevates, the, it elevates Solo Sequoia that he's got the North American title. He can bring it to SmackDown. It could bring people back to NXT. They go, oh, NXT, you know, now everybody that watches Raw and SmackDown watches NXT or knows about NXT, and they can be like, oh, all right, he's got a North American title. He's on SmackDown. Okay, we'll see what's going on down there. So. Uh, that is our catch-up for this week. Uh, there's a possibility we may be taking the week off next week, uh, but you can stick to our Twitter at the hot underscore tag to see any kind of updates on that. But for my co-host Cam and the chairman Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys when we talk to you.